Welcome to Money of Mine, 27th of April. Ain't the year flying, JD? Just flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, Matty? Isn't it? Uh, Mr. Ricciardo, the Jack Russell, is uh, having a day of annual leave. He's in Kalgoorlie and oh, he was chomping at the bit, but we are giving him the day off. So uh, no brutal grillings for the uh, public companies today, so you can all be at peace. That's right, and we've got quite the guest, don't we? We do, we do. As, to cover the developed quarterly that came out yesterday... Um, unfortunately, I did a shitload of research for this at Oz Prep, but I've had a late call in uh, that's put all my research to waste. The main man himself, Bill. Mate, Oz, you're probably glad I'm not going to be blabbered myself now. Uh, you can give all the info instead of me. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm fantastic. Busy, but uh, fantastic. And we're, we're flying along, mate, as, as the quarterly outlines. It is. And look, there was the headline, headline with the woodlawn, the study, everything coming up. But it seems like you're in a pretty... Pretty pivotal time with the, with you got Woodlawn, Sulphur Springs, DFS. You got uh, tendering for a couple of big or one big contract potentially. Then you got Wim Creek coming out with the DFS. You got twenty twenty percent free carry in. So it looks like there's a big bit, lot happening for the DVP headquarters, mate. Oh look, Matty, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, mate. We are. It's fair to say our technical services department is 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 burning the candle at both ends, and uh, yeah, mate, doing an amazing job with. With our mine ownership, you know, obviously we've kicked off Bellevue and that's that's running like a dream, um, which is you know awesome in this environment. But um, you know, a, a big focus behind the scenes from all of us is is our mine ownership because you know that really is where the, I guess, the value creation of the business is. And and uh, yeah, mate, we've been super busy. Uh, you know, in particular at Woodlawn, um, and you know, like the the team there have just done an amazing job with. Um, Getting that operation, you know, into a you know a production ready status. So, and we can discuss a little bit more on that if you want. Yeah, and look, let's get into Woodlawn. I want to talk about it a bit, and we'll get onto your mining services and everything as well. So, look, big strategy shift, like a pretty essentially a bit of a backflip compared to what Heron attempted with it. Just go into what I guess developed strategy is going forward compared to what didn't work for Heron. Yeah, look, in a, in a real simple, you know, nutshell, they just had a, a different operating strategy where they were going to build a new underground mine and, and that would be the high-grade baseload feed for a brand-new processing plant. And they're going to supplement that with, um, you know, tailings retreat. And, uh, you know, anyone that's retreated tailings or mentions it, the hairs on the back of my neck go up. And, uh, you know, that's what brought them unstuck and a few other operational, you know, project execution, you know, time delays, cost overruns, the usual crap that you see on most mines. But um, but for us, mate, it's purely just, you know, bring on that underground mine plan, which is what Heron, you know, predominantly financed the operation on. So we've already got reserves, you know, we've got a brand new underground, 300 vertical metres, you know, bloody all the service holes that pay school plants built was up and running, you know, uh, and, and a brand new processing plant and all the surface infrastructure that goes with it. So the only about you know turn is we're just concentrating on the underground and and um, and the existing mine plan. Um, let alone what we're drilling over and above that. That that's the exciting part. You know we've already got an existing mine plan. We're going to bring that out mid year. Um, so you know watch that space. I, I, we're pretty excited about it. But um, the exploration 
development that we did and now we've got the drills in there and, and the AUD team are just absolutely I think they're breaking every single record on the East Coast. It's in, it's you know embarrassing the performance of others over there um, compared to them. Um, you know, you've seen the results in our quarterly, mate, when you're knocking out some of the best copper intercepts on the ASX, you know, 20 metres at 5.5 and, you know, 8.8 at 7.6% copper. You know, if I were to put them out on a new discovery, um, you know, I'd have probably a 200 mil market cap today just on those lines. So, um, yeah, amazing how that is, is you know, going to add to the existing buying plan that we're going to put out in the middle of the year. So we're pretty excited about that news flow and then what we put out at the back end of this year with a resource update on Woodlawn and, and obviously, you know, you know, future additions to the mine plan, touch wood. Because where, where do you say the, the copper is the headline, but Sulphur Springs and Woodlawn have got that massive zinc component, a lot of zinc. Where do you see zinc sitting for the future compared to copper? Oh, look, I, I, like, I love both commodities, mate, because if you look at anything to do with the um, energy transition of the world, you know, we need both, um, and, in, and in great quantities, and, and everyone that's mining it and everyone that's controlling those two commodities around the world, you know, the Trafigurus, the Glencores of the world, they're all sitting there going, people are going to work out that there's not enough supply coming, and, and that, that, you know, Armageddon, that, that, that D-Day is not far away. Um, and, and look at it with lithium, yeah, you've, you've seen true price discovery of lithium in the last 12 months. Um, I think you're going to get that in copper and zinc coming forward. So um, don't be surprised Woodlawn turns probably more into a copper mine um, than a zinc mine. Uh, and I'm talking about revenue basis. We're, we're, we're getting some really good copper results. Um, you know, our head of processing um, group, Kurt, has done an amazing job on with GR Engineering on our processing and flow sheet for Woodlawn and, and recoveries in particular. So I won't give away too much, but I, I did say in the quarterly we are getting much better um, recoveries than, than historical. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about the, the copper content and zinc content and what's going to happen there. And, again, the same in, in um, Sulphur Springs. Again, watch that space. We're doing a fair bit of work on the – we've done a lot of work on the MET test work and flow sheet up there, and, and uh, I think we're going to get – a lot more material report to fresh in the, in the near future and, and, and good recoveries. So, um, yeah, look, happy with both commodities, but I think we're going to end up being a, a quite a large copper and, and zinc producer uh, when we turn all these back on. So what about the, the interaction with the Veolia bioreactor, the, which I guess Heron's method looked like it was going, wanting to go back into that area, which was sort of abutting a against that bioreactor. You guys... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're looking at more of the fresh rock going away from it. What's the go with your reaction and how big of a job is it to go back into those old workings where I think you said there's a lot of material that was left behind, but there is that interaction with the bioreactor? Yeah, look, the old the Heron underground mine plan was basically 60% in fresh rock. When, when I say that, not associated with old, like, when I say associated with old workings, just accessing the old workings to get to other areas. There's a big difference. It's not, it's not about sort of remnant mining. It's just using the old infrastructure or, or, or butting up against some of the declines in, in new areas and stuff like that. So it was about 60 40 split. Um, look, we've done a lot of work in the last six months on, on accessing the old workings and it's not a big job, mate. We're talking about, you know, Veolia, it's like 12 hours to degas gas the project. Like the infrastructure is already set up there. They did it before. Um, so that's a real, you know, that's one of the big risks is getting rid of the gas. 
And the other is obviously pumping out the, um, the old, you know, dewatering the old workings, which Heron were doing when they went administration and turned the pumps off. So, you know, we're looking at reinstalling that and, and continue to pump down the old workings. So they're the only two things, but that doesn't mean we can't break in further up in the mine. So we're, we're already progressing that, mate. We will, we will be breaking into the old workings in the not too distant future, mate. So, um, we've done a lot of work to de-risk that and, uh, and that works in progress. Is that is that going to make its way into? Is that going to be part of the mine plan, or you probably can't say yet? Oh, we we will access. We will definitely access the old workings as part of um, the life of mine that we put out later on this year. Definitely. Bill, I'm keen to move into sort of cost pressures. You guys obviously have a sort of box seat to see it across the industry. And we kind of thought coming out of COVID and everything that these pressures might subside across the industry. But how are they sort of looking for you guys at the moment? Yeah, look, great question because I've literally got the tender model for Liontown right on in, in front of me on the big screen, so I can tell you exactly what the freaking costs are. In what's it, what's it say, Bill? Do you mind giving us <laughs> oh, some bits on? I can't, can't give away the secrets, mate. And, and this job shouldn't be on cost; it should just be on execution capability, mate. The cost of the price of lithium is just ludicrous. Um, the free cash flow these guys are making and will continue to make is just. It's not about cost, mate. It's capability. Anyway, we'll come to that later on in the talk. Um, look, good, good question. So, you know, labour is as normalised for sure, and you know, look, it's no, it's no secret. We we pay the best in the industry, mate. Um, that's our model. We don't want to be big. We just want to be boutique and personal, and 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 have a fantastic culture, and just literally have A graders working for us. So for us, we will pay the best. Um, but that's definitely normalised. Um, we don't see the pressure in that, and, and you guys know we we're not advertising roles, mate. We, we've just got to. I suppose you um, don't have to pay for recruitment or anything, do you? Nah, comes nah, out of that. Nah, nah. We'll, we'll use life of mine, mate, to do that later on. <laughs> um, but um, look, the, the interesting thing is the OEM, so the Sandvicks, the Epirocs of the world, and the Caterpillars are definitely um, catching up with pricing. So, like you, you are seeing the cost of that equipment go up, and that's gone up a fair bit. So, you know, look, it, it held pretty well, um, and they did a really good job. But obviously, some of those costs are coming through, but. As you guys know, capital is not a huge cost to an underground business. It's probably about 12% of my cost base. So, you know, it does hurt. Uh, and, you know, obviously we've got to pass that on. Um, or we've got to wear it as a mine owner, but that's reality. Um, but uh, some consumables are coming down. So my ground support prices have come down. Um, and everything else from a store's perspective has pretty much stayed the same. So, you know, had that big jump 12 months ago. Um, but I see all the consumables are actually pretty good. They're, they're staying flat, so um, it, and one or two have come down. So that's really good. But um, uh, as you guys know, it's, it, you can wear a bit of extra costs as long as you get the productivity. And it's fair to say that we, we've got amazing productivities in our business with, with the teams that we've got. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's in a good space. But, um, yeah, we'll just see how that, that, that progresses. But, you know, we're, we're really comfortable where the cost base sits and, you know, with the with the projects we're looking at, these these are high margin projects, um, and you know, so a little bit of extra cost from a contractor really, you know, just gets washed washed out in the noise. Bill, I'm also keen to get your thoughts on how analysts should should develop uh, should value a a company like Develop. There's obviously not too many companies that are both mine owner and like an integrated mining services business. Do you think it's sort of as sim- simple as like a sum of the parts type thing? Or are they there sort of synergies between the the different operations that you guys have? Well, I think I've only got one person that covers me, which is Timmy McCormack at Canaccord, who, who did a bit of did a lot of heavy lifting in the early days. But 
Um, there's a couple others that are not far about initiating. So I guess the, the hard thing for all the analysts and investors is well, I haven't talked to them because I've been too freaking busy. So, um, you know, like I haven't needed to market the company. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm not raising money for the five-year business plan. So it's, it's you know, like it's – I love talking to my shareholders, but I really don't have a lot of time to do that at the moment. I'm just building the business, concentrating on on people and culture and, and execution. All that stuff will come. As the numbers start coming out, um, it all looks after itself. And, and look, I, I'm too small to employ a bloody Luke Gleason of the world, you know, the, the, the guru of IR. The wolf of High um, Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the wolf of High Street. <laughs> I think they're Vecnor Rav now, so maybe um, the wolf of Vecnor. But, um, yeah, look, we, I'll get an IR person in due course, but I just don't have time at the moment. I'm, you know, it's it's just about execution. And, and people will – it's a bit like Ming Rez when you – Get in the inner circle of MinRes and find out how they built their business. Like, you know, Chris only started presenting the company about three years ago, and what were they listed in two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight? So, yeah, it, it's sort of yeah. I, I'll, I'll turn my attention to it when in due course, but at the moment, I'm just too busy. So, what's your, your give us a bit of insight into your strategy with whatever insight you can give us compared like your pre previous life? Buy you bought bought some great assets. And a lot of a lot of organic growth within those assets that have that made Northern Star what they're mining today. Are you looking to do something similar with developer? It's probably a bit more slim pickings looking for copper deposits on the ASX or within Australia. But how do you see? You've, you've said you want to drive this publicly. You want this company to be worth three billion bucks. I guess what's the pathway to that? Yeah, well, three, three to five, mate. Three to three five. To five. Oh, I'm under, under calling you. Sorry, mate. <laughs> That's all right. With no dilution. Um, but no, look, it, it's it, it's the same business plan, mate. It, it's build teams, build culture, build capability, and and build your asset base up. And um, and obviously all the financial metrics that go with that. So we put our five year five year business plan out in September. You know, we've got some amazing assets now. So bring Woodlawn on 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 you know back into production. Um, then use that money and cash flow to build Sulphur Springs, um, which is an amazing asset. Um, I said I don't want to be big in mining services. You know, I'm not a competitor to Burn Cut and Barming Co, mate, to be honest. Like two or three contracts, that's it. I'm, I'm done. You know, that's contracting, as you know, you've, you've done a big career in it. It's hard work. Um, so for us, the, the real value proposition is mine ownership. So for me, you know, Bellevue, one or two other contracts, you know, obviously there's a big one out to tender at the moment. And and a, and a third one. That's it. I've, I've, I've publicly said that I'm not doing more than two or three contracts. So, um, you know, I just I don't need to. Don't want to be big. I just want to be specialist and boutique. And and that cash flow helps. You know, build the rest of my business and and also helps me to service debt because I'll take debt on to build my my ownership basis. So, so that that strategy hasn't changed. Um, and mate, I, I I'd probably disagree. There's a lot of opportunities when you've got underground capability. And mate, we've already built an amazing underground workforce. And when I say that, I'm talking from the top down. You know, you know, bloody general manager of ops, COO type level, all the way down to truck driver. Um, you know, like I think we've got three inexperienced people at Bellevue with 150 people. Like that's it, and we, you know, we we thought we'd throw some inexperience in there, to, you know, get a bit of a pipeline and some trainees. You know, like we we're, we're not employing green people at, at the bottom level. It's just extraordinary. So, um, yeah. So look, we've got that capability, and 
you know, my whole management team for my five-year strategy is already, it's here. They're in, they're working 24-7 at the moment. Um, you know, so in, you, you know who they are. Um, and, mate, the, the people that want to come and join us at a senior level is just extraordinary. Like, yeah, it's amazing um, who's, who's going to come in the second and third wave of this business, which is coming up imminently. So when you, I'm actually, well, I'm doing a bit of a resource and grade comparison between your assets and 29 medals after this. So they're just as a bit of a peer to peer, but. Good. Hey, Maddie, that's because good point to know. Like, go and have a look at Sulphur Springs. Sulphur Springs um, resource grade is the same as, as Golden Grove now. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've got, I even got on the tools. I've got back into Excel. So you're really impressed. And mate, we're, we're- when we're not eighteen hundred meters below surface, this thing outcrops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, um, so if you do, so if you do, like, just after listening to a podcast about yours last year, where a, a fellow sort of read into your read into your company name a, a bit. So if you do get the line town contract and buy fourteen trucks, are you going to have a subsidiary called Production or? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. We've all ran some of the largest bloody mines. In- in the world from underground bases, mate. So, um, you know, we've done block caves, sub-level caves, long old open stoping, primaries and secondaries. That's, mate, everyone in my management team has, has built the largest mines in this country and, and abroad. So um, production doesn't scare us at all. Um, we want to try and revolutionise production. I think it's been the poor cousin for mining contractors. Um, and, again, you know, I'm, I'm the only mine owner that's come into the contracting space. So I get what mine owners want. And they want the metal at the end, and that comes from production. Um, so for me, that's that's one of the value propositions that we bring to the table as a mining service provider is that innovation and that ability to actually get the metal out of the ground in production and know where the own, mine owner's priorities is. So given the sales pitch there, but, mate, that's our DNA. We get that. Um, that was a big reason how we got Bellevue. It's not just about development production. Um, it's about, narrow, you know, for them, narrowbone, you know, stoping. We, we, my management team's the expert of that. Um, in, in Western Australia, but we've also got an amazing management team on the bulk stuff as well. So, um, so yeah, so we're putting in some pretty cool stuff into the tender of, of Liontown because, mate, the sooner they bring that to market it, at these prices, I think they make, when that thing's up and running at this lithium price, which has come off 50%, mind you, they make two and a half fill free cash flow a year. Yeah, phenomenal, isn't it? Like, mate, cost of a mining contractor. Yeah. Figures of shit if you pay them an extra 10, 15 mil a year. Oh, we like three or three or four million ton of production dirt to play with there, so that'll uh, that'll oh. that'll keep you busy. Yeah, mate, amazing project. You know, I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a big shareholder of them. I love them. I love what that team's doing. It's an amazing project, and uh, and I, you know, when they build it, the, the free cash flow and the divvies, dividends that's going to spit out, they might, they might enable me to buy you a beer down the track, mate. Well, I was, about, I was about to say that. So since I've had, I've had Stralo on last weekend, yourself now, the two blokes that gave me my first job over here, that though I left prematurely, can we call it even now after all this promotional stuff I've done for both years? <laughs> or are we getting close at least? Oh, we might have to pay for some of your services then. <laughs> <laughs> no, too easy, mate. Thanks for making a bit of time for us. I know you're under the pump. And um, look, good luck with the with the tender. And as I said, this, uh, this pivotal period you're going into, because if uh, it goes great, for you guys it goes great for the whole industry so we're uh, really yeah, hoping it all works look, out for everyone no nah, thanks maddie and, and just to sing out to yeah anyone that works underground mate um 
dial in, keep keep track of what we're doing because our workforce is going to explode over the next three to six months on what we're doing internally and a few things behind the scenes. So um, keep pace with what we're doing because we're about to explode. Well, as you said, you don't need to do job posts when you're paying shitloads. That money talks in this uh, mining industry, mate, so keep it simple. I'm, Why not? I'm getting my last free plug-in from you now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. All, okay, all the best with See the tender cheers, and everything. Bill. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. Yeah, cheers, guys. Bye. All right, good on you, Bill. Thanks for coming on. Busy, busy man. Busy man. Like you know, when the busy, when the top dogs are the and they're that busy and they're finding time for us, JD, where penetrating the market, a, making a move. Hey, we are making a move now. As I said, part of my comment where he, they wanted to, well, he said he reckons he's getting three to five billion. So yeah. just looking, they're at half a billion at the moment with their. So they've got Woodlawn, they've got Sulphur Springs, they've got the free carried interest in. Wing Creek, Wim Creek, and they've got their mining services division. So, like, yeah, I, guess I, think, I think just worth mentioning on that Wim Creek one, I think it's free carried up until uh, final investment decision. So, yeah. they will have to chip in their twenty percent. Yeah, and if that goes ahead. So, I guess I'm thinking, well, what's the what's the pathway to this three to five billion dollar company? And yeah, and he referenced that five year plan that, that yeah. Develop has. And so you look, well, you look at. You look at Woodlawn, Woodlawn and Sulphur Springs. So I thought, like, who's a, who's a good peer-to-peer comparison? So probably 29 medals. So they've got Golden Grove and Capricorn Copper. Um, so I thought I'd get on the tools like Trav did. So look at these just for – look, I'm not saying – and we'll get into, look, would they think of acquiring something like these assets, old assets? Would it work? Would it not? But look at – if you look at the resource sizes, so look at this graph. So Golden Grove, they've got a – uh, 60 million ton resource but like you look at what's actually in reserves so that's 60 million ton for golden grove and and capricorn copper they're only 12 12 million ton in reserve so they're actually like a big resource but can they a lot of it's deep can they actually get to it easily yeah um, and just to recap on them so resource coming out for woodlawn later this year yeah as well as a mine plan and DFS coming out for Sulphur Springs this quarter. Yeah, so it's that there's that seven million ton resource. Let's say they probably want to get that up to at least ten for for Woodlawn. You'd imagine. Now it says that, it says they got a so Woodlawn's actually got a two million ton reserve already that Entec did them for in last year, but there'll be an updated reserve coming out with the mine plan. So look, as I said, like you look at the resource for twenty nine metals, it looks big, but what's actually they're planning to mine? Very, very different. So Yeah, and Bill was quite excited by the exploration results at Woodlawn, though I think a lot of them won't actually be included in the upcoming mine plan. That'll be part of the, the resource coming out later on, but quite exciting on yeah, the Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Would the or, or you would anticipate they'd want that resource to come with yeah, they've got the to mine plan. Draw the line in the sand somewhere yeah. and just keep keep progressing and keep drilling away regardless. And that because they they were they're pretty chart that's like Degrosa sort of thicknesses and grades uh, when they were getting like there in that J lens, so that's um yeah it's some pretty juicy stuff and like so look at the grade of because there's the polymetallic zinc as we said zinc and copper so if you put them side by side uh, golden grove so the zinc so sulphur springs has actually got equivalent zinc grade uh, sorry woodlawn and sulphur springs have a much higher zinc resource grade than Golden Grove does. So they're at nearly 6%. Golden Grove's at 4%. Um, and then you look at the copper, Woodlawn is equivalent 
resource grade two Capricorn copper, as you can see there. And then Sulphur Springs is is a bit lower, but um, Woodlawn's actually higher than than Golden Grove for resource grade. So yeah, so these companies, kind of like what Bill said, they'll market themselves as a, a copper play. But I think on last financial year's numbers, about a third of the revenue for 29 metals came from zinc and that's largely from its uh, Golden Grove asset. Uh, and that would fluctuate because with this whole copper thing, like a, a zinc producer might actually turn into be a copper producer. And it's a, it sounded like from what he was saying, that's how he sort of sees their path. Probably, I think, I think that was a function of those thick intersections they got at Woodlawn. So, and those, even though those intersections, they look like, based on the scale of the drawing, they look like to be about 700 metres underground. So, getting down there. So, yeah, it's, if it, once you put them side by side, it just shows their, once they lift their reserves up and add in this extra stuff from Woodlawn, it's sort of, they're, they're both sitting around half a billion market cap developed. It's got their mining services division as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll develop. We'll we'll be looking to actually look at these assets when they're under because twenty nine metals haven't been a, a great performer. Yeah, I do note though. He said three to five billion without dilution. So we sort of see that that sort of implies issuing no new shares, and would be we'd have to sort of see what sort of debt they're they're willing to take on. I think the numbers for Woodlawn's restart was around fifty million, and I would. Expect they can they can cover that with with debt. So they've got we'll 23, 23 million at the moment. They've got the well, they've got a fifteen billion dollar facility. They've got a facility from Sandvik. I think that's um, limited to equipment, and they're in negotiations with one of the big four banks yep. regarding another fifteen million dollar working capital facility. So we'll sort of see it's sort of step by step with this company at the moment. So and he said with their underground expertise, it's not as slim pickings. Do you think there's a a potential looking at assets like this and I, I just look at it the way he's it's going to work a bit like what Ralph Inlinson's done with St Barbara so he's got this got this new vessel St Barbara's got themselves under pressure pretty much nearly going into administration he saw the opportunity he's done a pretty good deal got the infrastructure and, and got the mine I just I see develop potentially doing similar things with other base metals producers that mightn't look to be spending as much on exploration uh, the, with sort of old and tired assets and well, it might look to come in and I say, I guess revamp them and, and do exactly what they what Northern Star did with mines like Jundee. Yeah, that could be could be a story for next year or later this year. I think at the moment they're pretty firmly focused on on the tender that he mentioned for for Lion Town, as well as getting Wardlawn up and running again. Yeah, oh, stay tuned. Where would you sort of see the value if they were to acquire hypothetically one one of these assets of Golden Grove? Well, it's it's, it's hard to say because they're all they're they're deep, they're um, you know they're difficult mines to get the get the dirt out of. It's um, look they obviously get the trying to I guess capitalize on companies when they get themselves in a, a poor position like say St Barbara St Barbara did so look it's and that's the hardest thing what rally's gonna have to do with Guali like you can't just go in and buy it and it magically gets better it's still going to be difficult to get the dirt out of Guali and it, it'd be the same if hypothetically develop um 
acquired a base metal asset like one of these in the future like unless there's uh, the organic growth and expiration of new deposits that are higher up in the mine that are you know lower tkms easy to get the dirt out going for the deeper stuff has its challenges so it's a hard thing to look at the return on investment for it balance balanced with the risk of acquiring an asset like this so look i guess we'll i guess we'll wait and see there's probably plenty more out there um but there's just that absence of you know greenfield copper projects in australia um which look yeah hopefully someone gets lucky with the drill bit now we'll get on to the recap the recap jeez it's all bloody happening what's uh you can you say you started for once jd i bloody always do it yeah sure so end of the quarter we got plenty of news coming out the big one though was tech resources so the shareholders were meant to go for a vote today regarding the potential split of the various assets the metals co and the coal assets but they scrapped those plans hours before the meeting that sort of seems like glencore's got the edge on the potential takeover there so the company's come out and said they're going to pursue a simpler and more direct separation so we'll stay tuned what, to that one what does that mean i think the key hold up is there that coming was, into the coal that's to deal with the coal assets the, the coal assets were meant to pay cash flow to the metals co for up to up to six years after the split had been done so i think what shareholders are pushing for is just a cleaner split between the two assets Nice. Uh, what else? We've got Strandline Resources. They had their quarterly out in amongst everyone else. Uh, production of heavy mineral sands at the Coburn project looks to be ramping up without any major hiccups. Now, that's Coburn, not Coburn as in the one twenty minutes south of Berth, different Coburn. That's right. Spelled differently, pronounced the same. There we go. And AIC also had a quarterly out, so they've – Increased ore production with the uh, commencement of mining at Macy North. They produced 2,500 tonnes of copper as well as a, a bit of gold. So it looks like things are, are ramping up there for Aaron Colloran and the team. What uh, Any other quarterlies strike your eye, JD? You say Red, Red 5, cash has gone down a lot. Yeah, a couple too many to dig into. And I think we've spoken about a number of these names before, but just looking across the screens, Capricorn, Genesis, St. Barbara, Red, 29 Metals, Nickel Industries, Leo, all had news out, mainly quarterlies. And uh, tomorrow we are going a bit of a deep dive into another employer of mine, purely by luck. I'm not just interview, uh, talking about my ex-employers, but uh, Sandfire. JD's uh, been heavy in the books with the Sandfire quarterly, so we're going to go right into that tomorrow. Exactly. Quite a quite a company. Bit of a transition period for them with DeGrusa going offline and Matt's uh, Matteo coming on, so an exciting one to dig into. Wouldn't they like to find another one of those DeGrusas? Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? Right up. Too easy money miners. Uh, we will see you for Friday. And don't worry, if you're missing Trav, he will be back full time in person next Monday. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.